mighty name. Amen. Remain standing with me for a couple more seconds. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to read these words. Repeat, this is the word of the Lord, and you just respond back to me. Thanks be to God. The Lord has said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. This is the word of the Lord. Speak as you've been speaking, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, that's good, ain't it? I don't know about y'all, but I just love being in the presence of God. There's nothing like it. For the next, uh, next four weeks, we're, we're entering into this series that we are calling Legacy. Legacy is simply this. What is, it that, what is the thing that we leave for others? Or better yet, what will stay the test of time? And we're talking about uh, how we can be uh, faithfully generous people with our time, our talents, and our treasures. That is really the lasting legacy that we, we have uh, to give. I, I once heard uh, Tony Ev Evans, one of my favorite uh, preachers of all time, one of the best expository preachers I think that's ever walked the earth, say this, uh, that when it comes to time, talents, and treasures that we are called to be managers and not owners. That, that we're called to be managers, basically saying, he was saying that we are stewards of the things and the gifts that God has uh, given us and put on our lives and not owners. And, and you can take this all the way back to Genesis. What does God tell us to do, right? He, he takes, tells us to basically steward the earth. To, to take care of the gifts that he has given us. And, and the thing that we have to think about as we think about uh, the, the gifts that God has given us, the time, the talents, and the treasures, is that one day the owner of the, the things that has been given to us will come back, and the question will be, how did we manage the things that were given? How did we manage the things that were given? What is the legacy that has been left behind. This week, we're going to focus really on this idea of time, this idea of time. How do we faithfully manage with a generous heart uh, and leave a lasting legacy with the time that we invest? What, one of my favorite stories, and I think one of the, the best stories that actually reflects someone who, who did this well and left a legacy is the story of Abraham. In fact, this legacy is so deep, we actually sing a song about it. Y'all know the song? Who, who's been to VBS before? How, how's it go? Come on, y'all better than that. What, what is it? Fa 
I am one of them, and so are you. Come on. Y'all weren't united. I don't know. We had a whole sermon series about the church, and y'all, y'all, come on now. Now, I love that song because it really does tell the story of the legacy of Abraham. But what if I told you, what if I told you that Abraham's legacy is tied up in how faithful he was with his time? Here's another way to say it. Abraham's legacy is tied up with how faithful he was with his life. Because I think those two things can, can really be interchangeable. We, we, we find ourselves here in Genesis chapter 12. And let me give a, a little uh, caveat to where we're going today. If you guys are Bible uh, people, if you take notes, take out your Bibles. We didn't put all the scriptures up because I like to see you guys work. I mean, I spent hours on this thing. You, you know, you can spend a couple minutes flipping through some scripture. <laughs> so we're, we're going we're gonna to work. And, and, and here's the thing. What I want to do is I want to paint a full picture of how we get to legacy here. But we're going to have to work through. So we're going to read a ton of scripture. So, so stay with me here. As we get to uh, the beginning of chapter 12, uh, what we see is that God is inviting Abraham to, I'm sorry, Abram at this time to what? To go. That may not mean much to you, but like, let me tell you something. It meant everything to Abraham. I want to suggest to you that this was probably the hardest decision uh, or one of the hardest decisions at the very least that Abram had to ever uh, make. Because this is what we understand. During ancient times, right, the inheritance of the father came to the firstborn. Abram was the firstborn of Terah. This is what it means. All of his land, his wealth, his servants, like his, his animals, everything came to Abram. And, and, and what we have to understand, it is a different society than us. There was this patron-client relationship that took place in uh, the ancient times. Th th that might not mean much to you, but, but what that basically means is that uh, the patron was responsible of, for everything. That's including the brothers and sisters, right? Uh, all their, their family, all of their wealth, all landed under the patron of the family, which was Abram. And God says to Abram, Get up and go. Leave your household. So we got to pause right there for a second. What is God saying to Abram? Basically, give up your inheritance. That's literally what he's saying, and that's what would have been understood to the readers of the scripture in that day and time. God is saying, give up everything. He, he has to decide to abandon the land that he has favor in for a land that God offers. Oh, oh, by the way, he's never been there or seen it before. He has to decide whether to abandon what family he still has in favor of the family God promises. Oh, by the way, Sarai is infertile. She cannot have children. Oh, by the way, He's 75 years old at this time. Like, this is the weight of what's happening here in the text. 
75 years, he has basically invested a chunk of his life, or another way to say it, a chunk of his what? Time. 75 years. I've toiled, I have sweat, I have bled, and, and the weight of my family is here. Like, I now have to deal with like all of these moving emotions. Can you imagine what Abram's going through right now? Like his father's depending on him. And God engages him in this conversation and he says, leave everything. I'm not even going to tell you where we're going, just to follow. Like, can you imagine? I don't know about you, but if I've spent time in something... I, invest, I expect a return on my investment. And Abraham here has to go. Look at verse 4 real quickly at the beginning. Abraham's told to go, and what is his response? So Abram went as the Lord told him. How do you live a life of faithful generosity when it comes to how we are supposed to manage our time? Here's the first thing that I want us to understand, that we have to listen and obey God's voice. This is the, the archetype that's given to us by uh, the story here of Abraham, that he is counted faithful, right? If we go all the way to the, to the story in Hebrews, that he is, he is in the hall of faith. He's the number one hall of famer. Because why? He is faithful to obey and listen time and time again. But here is the thing. Listening is hard, isn't it, when it comes to time? For those of us that have been born more than two seconds in this world, we know that uh, we can lose money. That's resources. Th those can be regained. But if you lose time, it's gone. We, we never get that back. It, it, is, it is gone for good. What is interesting in this story is that uh, we're not told how God is introduced to Abram. All we are told he is in this invitation and the first thing God is saying, give up your time. Get up and go. What I, what I love and what is fascinating about the story of Abram is that in this story, he is willing and ready to get up and go because his ears were open to listening and his feet were ready to obey. When was the last time, if I can ask you a quick question here, um, when was the last time you gave God your time because he asked for it? When was the last time you gave God your, your time because you asked for him? That you, you stopped and prayed for that person that the spirit put on your mind. Yeah, you know that family member that gets on your nerves. The one you're like, man, we got to go for the house over for Thanksgiving. Oh, come on. We might be getting a dog soon, so now I got an excuse. You know what I'm saying? I got to stay with the dog. <laughs> when was the last time? When was the last time? When, when, when was the last time that, that, that God stirred up something in you and instead of going to that thing, to that sporting event, to, 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 uh, to play, to, to go shopping, to whatever, that you said, hey, I'm going to spend some time with God. Because time is valuable, isn't it? Once it's gone, it's, 
Scott, when was the last time that, that you said, like, I'm going to invest in what God is saying? Like, I, I'm going to uh, train my ear to listen to God and obey what he's, talk, what he's telling me to, to do be, be, because, like, like I, I want to be where God is. Because God comes where he is wanted. And the, the number one way we know that we want to experience the presence of God is when we give up our most precious commodity, and that is our time. That's our, that's our time. Do, do you spend time with God? Is your ear turned to him? Do you give it up, or, or do you just do your own thing? I love Abraham's story here because Abraham was willing to listen and obey, and he goes to a land that he does not know. He gives up everything, and he is here, and he is flourishing, and God is blessing him, and he has more wealth than he could ever imagine. But part of the promise is what? That I would extend your line, that you would have, out of you, nations would be birthed, and not just nations, that the world would be uh, redeemed. Like, that is the story that Abraham is going with. But, but as we get to the scripture here in Genesis chapter 16, there's only one thing that's happened. Ten years have passed by. He was 75, now he's 85. His wife is now 75 years old. God promised that out of him he would see nations, but he does not have a child it doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon. Questions of, did I hear God correctly? <laughs> Must have been running through his mind. Who's going to continue my legacy? So, so if you're anything like me and things don't happen the way that you want it to happen, I go from managing to being an owner. <laughs> Like, like, I go from like, okay, well, well then maybe God must be uh, doing something else. So let me help God along the way. And I know God is like, oh my God, Elijah, thank you so much. I had no idea. I forgot about that thing that I told you. So, so what do they do? They, they start creating something for themselves. They start making a way for themselves. They say, okay, right, if God told me to do this, maybe I'm supposed to do it, so I'm going to force my hand. I'm going to create. I'm not going to be faithful with the time that's going to give me. Why? Because I'm getting older. <laughs> God told me this when I was 75. That was crazy to begin with. Now I'm 85. Like, I, I got I to get the, the ball rolling. Look at Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. So Abram's wife, Sarai, had not been able to have any children, but she owned a young Egyptian slave woman named Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has not given me any children. Sleep with my slave, and she has a, and she has a child. If she has a child, it will be mine. To which Abram said, okay, I mean, if you say so. I mean, I I'm going to do this for you, honey. <laughs> Sarah gave him Hagar to be his wife. This happened after Abraham 
had lived in the land of Canaan for 10 years. Again, I want us to watch the time frame here because over and over, there's a reason why the scriptures are, are telling us his age along the way. Because time is passing. And God said he would, he promised him something. God gave him something, but there's this anxiety that's welled up inside of him that he feels like, I gotta go, right? Like, it's gonna happen at some moment. What do we do when we have been investing time in something, but it doesn't seem to be giving back a return? How do you respond in those moments? For, for Abraham, it was, let me create. Man, how often have I been in the place of just like, God, I want to see you move. I want to see you move. You're not moving, so I'm going to create a movement. And oftentimes when I start to create, because that is not the gift that God has given me, that is not the label God has put in my life. What, what is the label, right? I'm supposed to be a manager. I'm supposed to be a steward of his creation. And when I start creating, this is what happens. I create Frankenstein monsters. Like they don't operate the way that they're supposed to operate. And so, so this is what happens. Abraham has a son and there's infighting now with uh, uh, Sarai and Hagar. And there's this, there's this emotion that is breaking. And, and, but, but like, uh, we've kind of done this thing. We've kind of done the story that God has put us in. Let's look at Genesis 17, 1 through 6. Here it is. It says, when Abraham was 99 years old, I, I want you to feel the weight of what's happening, what the, the text is actually walking us through, because here are these real people which are trying to figure it out. Time is going on. He's 99 years old. The Lord appeared to him again and said, I am God all-powerful. If you obey me and always do right, I will keep my solemn promise to you and give you more descendants than can be counted. Abram bowed his face to the ground and God said, I promise that you will be a father of many nations. So now I am changing your name from Abram to Abraham. I will give you a lot of descendants and they will become great nations. Some of them will even be kings. Drop down to verse 15 with me. Abraham, from now your wife's name will be Sarah instead of Sarai. And I will bless her and you will have a son by her. She will become the mother of nations and some of her descendants will be kings. And this is Abraham. I love his response because it's so real, right? It's the one that I have with God. Abraham bowed his face to the ground and thought, I am almost a <laughs> hundred. What is God talking about? Have you ever been there? Is it, am I the only person? Like, God, you told me to come to Michigan. What are you talking about? I love Michigan, by the way. <laughs> How can I become a father? Sarah's 90. How can she have a child? Here it is. And he started laughing. This is ridiculous. This is crazy. I've done what you said. I've waited. I had to put it in my own hands. Here it is. Then he asked God, why not let Ishmael inherit what you have promised me. Hey, God, guess what? I got an answer for you. I did it. <laughs> Reluctantly, I did it. 
Here he is. He can take on the name. All, the nations can, can come through him. Here it is. God, why do we have to continue going through this journey like I've got it? What does God say? But God answered, no. You and Sarah will have a son. His name will be Isaac, and I will make an everlasting promise to him and his descendants. See, it is hard. It is hard to listen and obey when it takes what? Time. Abram felt the, the tension of time. He felt the weight of time. Abram decided to help God with time. Here's the only problem when we do that, when we become owners and not managers, when we, we want to step in the, the seat of God and try to create, when God is the one who is the creator and just told us to be good stewards. What ends up happening is we, that we build destructive things that will last through generations. Oh, you don't believe me? Do you know what one of the, the longest family feuds on the face of the planet is tied to uh, Ishmael and Isaac? That all you have to do is go to the Middle East, and between Jews and uh, uh, Muslims, there is this fight over who is uh, the person who's supposed to receive the inheritance of Abraham. Ishmael is the firstborn of Abraham, and that's where Muslims find their genealogical line through. And because of Abraham jumping the gun and not being faithful to the promise that God had given him, because time was running out. What happens? He now has a legacy of destruction that's left on his hands. M might I suggest, when we go to create and we don't just uh, work as stewards in the vineyard of God's garden, we create a destructive legacy. And maybe some of the reasons why we're in the situations that we're in, spiritually, physically, family-wise, all those different things, is because we moved before God has said to move, and instead of being patient and listening and waiting upon God, whose timing is perfect, we now have these devastating things that come from the things, the monster that we created. This is the legacy. Out, out of his impatience, out of his disobedience, now comes this fracture. These two bro brothers constantly fighting. That is part of his legacy now. But what is amazing about God is that even when we are faithless, Scripture tells us what? He is faithful. Because even in his uh, faithlessness, God comes through and says, Abram, I told you that you would be a father of many nations, and it's through my plan, not yours. And at 100 years old, and at Sarah's 90th year, God gives them Isaac. The promise still comes. But, but here's the thing that I, I want you guys to understand. Even though the promise still comes, we still have to deal with the results of trying to be owners, owners of the vineyard. Right? 
You see, the, the God will still redeem us, but the implications of our sin we'll still have to deal with. So we have this picture where God is, is saying, I have you, but are you willing to go to obey, to listen? Are you worthy of having an inheritance that will last generations? So as we continue on the scripture, we, we see God now engaging with Abraham. He says, okay, uh, now give up your son. Give up your son, right? Sacrifice your son. Yeah, that, that, that son that you've waited 100 years for, now Abraham, if we're, we're tracking correctly, Abraham is, is uh, uh, probably about 115 years at this moment. Oh, oh, by the way, he sent Ishmael off so that all he has now is, is his son Isaac. And God says, uh, now give up your son. What I love about this story, as we continue going in Genesis 22, we're in 22, verse 6 through 8. What I love about this story is the way that God works in Abraham's heart. See, at this moment, Abraham has got it. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm going to be faithful. Like, like I, I remember what happened last time. I, I now have the pain of having to send my son away. I, I now have the pain of having to deal with two children which are vying for the, this inheritance. But, but now I'm going to be faithful. And, and what we see in Genesis 22 is a man who's going to be faithful with his time, even though it seems like time is winding down on him. And he responds the same way he does in Genesis 12. This is what he says in 22, 6 through 8. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Did you catch it? Did you see it? He's 115 years old. And his, his immediate response is not like, oh my God, <laughs> how do you keep on asking me to do this? He's like, oh, I remember that God is faithful. If I, if I will invest, it doesn't matter. Like, God will see me through. This is his promise. I'm going to trust in him. No matter how long it takes, he said that through my line, I would see legacy. Drop down to verse 12. Don't hurt the boy uh, of any harm in, in, in any way, the angel said. Now I know that you truly obey God because you were willing to offer him your only son. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by his horns in the bushes, so he took the ram and sacrificed it instead of his son. Abraham named that place the Lord will provide, and even now will people say on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The Lord's angels called out from heaven a second time, you were willing to offer your only son to the Lord. And so he makes you his, this solemn promise. I will bless you and give you such a large family that some, 
that someday your descendants will be more numerous than the stars in the sky or the grains of sand along the seashore. They will defeat their enemies and take over their cities where their enemies live. You have obeyed me, and so your descendants will be blessing to all nations on the earth. What? His faithfulness led way to what? A legacy that lived beyond him. Here's, here's the thing that we know. Abraham never got to see, right, all these nations being blessed. Like all he did was see the promise of the seed that was planted. But guess what? Through Abraham comes David one day. And through David comes who? Jesus. And Jesus does what? Reconciles all the world to him. And now we can sit in a room on a Sunday and sing, Father Abraham had many sons. Because of one man's faithfulness throughout time. What does it look like to be so faithful with the seed that we sow that it lives well past us? That even if we don't see the fruit of it, that the seed bears forth exponential fruit. See, a life of faithful generosity means believing that the seed planted in time will one day bear exponential fruit. That is, that is the promise that God gives us. And, and I want to argue something with you today, that, that you can actually see the foundations of that fruit in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. I was studying this passage, and I'm reading different scholars, Old Testament scholar uh, uh, Christopher Wright, and he's working through this idea. I want you to go back to the scripture with me at the top, Genesis 12, 1 through 3. I want, I want to ask you, Right? I want you to think about this. What is God doing here in this passage? It's so beautiful. Genesis 12, 1 through, 3, 1, 1 through 4. It says, The Lord has said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord told him, and what? <laughs> and he was 75 years old. God is setting up the foundation here for the blessing that would go beyond even simply his bloodline. This verse here in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, the promise, the first invitation to Abraham, it literally echoes of the Great Commission. Go, be a blessing, and all nations will be blessed through you. Matthew 28, 19, look at this. Therefore, what? Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. The legacy of Abraham is the seed of the Great Commission. Because one man was faithful, the story came all the way back around. And the whole world was blessed through who? Jesus. What does a yes from you 
giving up your time look like that has the ability to leave a legacy for generations? When we say things like, hey, hey guys, uh, we have the opportunity as a community, right, to invite people into a setting where they can hear the gospel. We're, we've been praying. We're asking God to feel that same revival that, man, they're feeling over there in Asbury and even more so. And so we've set up a series in March where we're, we're saying, hey, your friends which have been deconstructing, your friends which have been far away from Jesus, their friends which have walked away, hey, if they have questions, this is going to be a safe place. We're literally going to construct a whole sermon series around it. What does it look like to say, okay, I'm going to give of my time between now and then and pray like I've lost my mind because I think when they get in this room and they ask their questions, God will meet them there. What does it look like to pray for that family member that has been so far away from God, but yet it takes time? And maybe when you sit with them, you know the kind of people which argue with you, and it's exhausting after you leave. But you, you, you keep going day after day, minute after minute, hour after hour, spending time with them. And you see God start to do this thing that he says in Scripture. He starts taking this heart of stone and he makes it into a heart of flesh. What if it's that family member that you might have different politics? Ooh, yeah, that's hard. But you love Jesus. And you just listen as they go off and they talk about things and you're just like, okay. Hey, my turn. Can I tell you how much Jesus loves you? How much I love you too? Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, it's tiring. Yeah, it takes time. And I'll never get that back. But the investment that I give now will ring through the halls of eternity forever. What does it look like to have the kind of legacy that's lasting that we don't just think about today? But we think about eternity. We, we are the legacy of a people that started this church. That started this church, that invested their time into this place, their sweat and their blood. And the fact that we're still standing and the fact that we're still preaching the gospel is that means that they invested in a legacy of eternity. What does it look like for us to partner in that way? In deep, deep love. I think God is calling us to that. I think God is calling us to that. So, here's a simple question. How will you invest your time? How, how will you invest your time? Let's pray. God. In these moments that we have together, we are humbled. You say in your word <laughs> that a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day to you. That, that you are working such complex math that we cannot think or imagine. In fact, you say that as far as the heavens are from the earth, that is the difference in ours and yours thinking. And so when you ask us to go, to invest 
our most precious commodity, time, I pray that we would be like Father Abraham and we would be one of his many children. <laughs>